Hello, everybody. Welcome to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here to discuss uh, evolution. Once again, we're doing part two of our evolution series, and today I'm going to try and keep it as brief as possible. I'm going to step into that evolutionist uh, shoes and try and answer common objections that are given to evolutionists, and then I will do the reverse of that uh, in the next episode about evolution. And our announcement, uh, we're going to only be doing the podcast once a week now. Just to space things out. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family or coworkers or anyone that's interested in Christianity or religion in general. So, first objection that uh, people usually give to the evolutionary theory is that it's just that. It's only a theory. It's not a fact or scientific law, which does not necessarily mean that it's not true. Just because something is a theory does not necessarily mean it's not true. I think this has no truth claim. Uh, well, I don't think it's a reasonable objection, to be honest, because just because it's a theory doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Theory is just a word or a way to describe uh, something that scientists think. Number two, natural selection is based on circular reasoning. The fittest are those who survive, and those who survive are deemed fittest, which is true. Though I, I think even if evolution wasn't true, natural selection is still a, is still true because it's well known that if if you have a bad trait, then that trait is by definition. Uh, unbeneficial, and usually that species dies out. Now, that's not always the case, but it is uh, a lot of times the case regarding uh, nature and things like that. Number three, evolution is unscientific because it's not testable or or falsible. I'm sorry, guys. I got this from these objections from a website. Uh, and they're they're using complicated words, so I can't necessarily say them. But it it makes claims about events that were not observed and can never be recreated. That does not make it non scientific. There's a lot of things that we observe, well, that we can't observe that are sci- that are scientific. You, this is forensic science. You have to use the evidence that we have now and see and make a good guess on what happened in the past. Whether it's evolution or not, I still think it's debatable. A lot of people don't, but I, I think it's debatable. So, and of course, we're going to try and figure that out in this series. Uh, number four, increasingly scientists doubt the truth of evolution. Well, that still doesn't prove whether it's true or false. Now, there are many questions that me in particular, I do raise about evolutionary theory, but we'll get into that in another episode. Number five, disagreements. Among even evolutionary biologists show how little solid science supports evolution. That's not true at all. If if biologists disagree on certain aspects about evolution, that does not make the theory not true. They all most biologists agree that um, evolution happened, or and it's a natural scientific fact. Now, disagreeing on certain details about it about it doesn't mean anything. And number six, if humans descended from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? Okay, so this is a common misconception that I I even used to have when I 
didn't believe in evolution. Now, it, the theory is not that we descended from apes or or um, or that apes are monkeys are our ancestors. The we descended from an ape-like ancestor. We use uh, we misinterpret what scientists mean. It's an ape-like ancestor, and it branched off like Darwin's tree. One became Homo sapien, and the other, and the other ones turned into some other type of ape or monkey. So this is a common misconception. Number seven, evolution cannot explain how life first appeared on Earth. Now this is very true, which is my problem with it. It's because the only possible evolution I could believe in is a creationist evolution. Because there, and there's too many loopholes or gaps that can't be explained by science, and I don't think ever will be. It's not gone to the gaps, necessarily. I know I use the word gaps, but it's not gone to the gaps. Because it, it, it's using logic. There are certain things that you know are man-made or created. Like, for example, I'll reference a computer. You don't assume that that computer somehow came together, all the right parts magically came together you assume that someone made it now you what's your proof of that yeah i mean it, it's you don't even use proof you use your common sense it's the same thing when it comes to uh to how the earth was made i see an earth see the clouds the weather patterns the mountains around me and i say well, something has to have kick-started all this. This is not just chance. With all the variety and all the beauty of nature, something had to start it and something has to be guiding it. Uh, number eight. Mathematically, it is inconceivable that anything as complex as a protein, let alone a living cell or a human, could spring up by chance. Like I just said, this is exactly correct. According to Richard Dawkins, the DNA inside an amoeba, an amoeba is the amount of information of 1,000 encyclopedias. And this isn't random uh, random information. It is specifically designed for a task or a purpose, which is weird how you think that could have just sprung up by chance. Oh, it's, it's chance, given enough time. I think that it is honestly uh, stupid and illogical to think something like that. Number nine, the second law of thermodynamics says that systems must become more disordered over time. Living cells, therefore, can not have evolved from inanimate chemicals, and multicellular life cannot have evolved from protasa. Now, I do agree that uh, cells cannot come together by immaterial things unless there is a brain behind it. It's hard now for scientists to do it, and it is much harder for chance to do it. It's very unlikely that in the unstable Earth back three and a half billion years ago, that somehow the right chemicals and the right proteins, the right molecules come together, and somehow the system just kickstarts by itself. That doesn't make any sense to me. And... It also is weird to me how it life didn't just die out. How did life survive so long with all the catastrophes that have happened? Because, see, with the first life, there was no evolution that has taken place yet because there wasn't a lot of time. So life was very unstable. 
Number 10, mutations are essential to evolutionary theory, but mutations can only eliminate traits. They cannot produce new features. Now, I, I will meet uh, creationists halfway with this. They are right in saying that mutations cannot create new traits, but they are wrong and that doesn't change. The whole point of it is with enough mutations, the animal or plant or whatever changes over time. But it, over hundreds of millions of years, this can make sense. But like I said, there is no transitional fossils in the fossil record to show of this. So that's another problem I have with evolution. Number 11, natural selection might explain microevolution, but it cannot explain the origin of new species and higher orders of life, which again is exactly right. Number 12, nobody has ever seen a new species evolve. This comment is a little dumb because you can't observe a process that takes hundreds of thousands of years to take place. You can observe adaptations. You can see how humans have progressively gotten taller and smarter, or we've at least uh, discovered more stuff. You can see that, but I do not think that this is a very good argument at all, and it, make Christ it makes Christians look stupid sometimes. Number 13. Evolutionists cannot point to any transitional fossils, creatures that are half reptile and half bird, for instance. Yeah, this is right. If I there's this place in Cameron, Wyoming, where I went to a couple years ago, and they let you split rock and find fish fossils, or and there's a bunch of other rarer fossils there. But it, why do I not see a fish that is transitioning to a different fish? All I see is different species of fish. Now, there's a lot of factors that can go into that, but, or, for example, there's this fish that, I forgot when it was found, but from the Devodian period or something, and what it could do, it can walk up on land, and eventually it turned into some land-walking creature. But you cannot find the transition between it. You can just find that fish, and then, the new species that can walk on land and stays on land. And somehow you have to make the connection, but there is no line to connect it. There's no transition to it. And that is a problem. There is only rapid appearances of different species. Number 14, living things have fantastically intricate features at the, atom at the atomical, cellular, and mo molecular levels that could not function if they were any less sophisticated complex or sophisticated. The only prudent conclusion is that they are products of intelligent design, not evolution, which again is very true. I think that life is so complex and beautiful, and when you go down to it, like we can go down to the human body, and you learn how all the systems work together, like the circulatory system, the digestive system, the nervous system. One cannot work without the other. All of them are intertwined. The, the nervous system, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't function because the nerves, the nerves direct uh, the body's functions. Without the circulatory system, we would die because there's no nutrients being transported. Without the digestive system, how the heck are you going to get your nutrients? It's all intertwined because without one, the other one cannot exist. Cannot it will die. Now, then again, atheists will point to, well, it, it figured it out over 
hundreds of millions of years. You don't get that from hundreds of millions of years of chance. I'm sorry, you don't. That just doesn't make sense. Because these systems uh, in our body have existed in other creatures for a long time. And then again, I don't, I don't understand how bacteria eventually moves to multicellular. I don't think that multicellular organisms can come from single-celled organisms like that. Now, you can point to cells dividing and making, let's just say, a human being. But that's because it's coded in its DNA. You're not going to do, especially in atheism, what isn't in your DNA. Your DNA programs you. It tells you what to do, essentially. Number 15, recent discoveries prove that even at the microscopic level, life has a quality of complexity that cannot have come about through evolution. Then again, true. You can go down to the cellular level. In my biology class, we're learning about the different organelles that are in the cells and how they work together and how they provide nutrients for the other cells. And without certain cells, we wouldn't be here. You have the skin cells to protect the cells that are on on the inside of you. You have the, uh, you have nerve cells that deliver electrical uh, pulses to tell your body what to do and how to do it and things like that. What, like I just said before, one cannot exist without the other, and it is uh, and contradictory to say otherwise it's it's honestly quite stupid to say it's just an excuse to try and ignore the facts at hand that without a creator not necessarily the god of the bible or the god of the quran or, or the book of mormon it is self-contradictory and stupid to say that w- that life in all its complexity and beauty and just all came by by chance. I do not have enough faith to believe that. I think it takes more faith for an atheist to sit here and tell me that that was all by chance than for me to say that there has to be a creator behind it. A creator with intelligence. A creator with a beautiful creative mind that had to come up with this. Now, maybe it's a deist guy. Maybe he created it and let it do whatever he want, whatever it wanted. And like I said, as we progress with the show, we will get more into these variety of topics. But right now, we're going to keep it really simple. Macroevolution without a god is stupid. Evolution with a god is reasonable. And that's how we're going to end the show today. Thank you guys for listening to Common Sense Christianity. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the series so far. And email us at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, or just want to continue to support us, uh, give us ideas for new episodes. If you want to talk to me personally, my number is 850-445-2959. And until next time, this is Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family. God bless you guys, and thank you for listening.